Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier sports co- podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. This is the 8311 Cast featuring your hosts, Kyle <laughs> 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 and Wyatt Like I said, we are a premier sports podcast and have everything prepared and outlined ahead of time. 100%. On this week's episode, episode 38, we're going to be bringing you information on the NBA. Soccer, your weekly turtle tab. Major League Baseball, which leads right into our signature segments. Mike Stupid Rules and Write That Down Predictions. That was a little rough, but we made it. You made it. You made it through. You, it. You, only, you, only, you only forgot what we were doing there halfway through. I you figured just, it out. You just kind of started talking and had no end in sight. And then... So pretty much like my everyday life. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I do that sometimes too. I just play it off a little cooler than you did. I don't hesitate. I just keep rambling until I regain my train of thought. And then he, and then he doesn't bust out laughing immediately. Yeah. That's, but that's, that's only what a premier uh, sports podcast host does. So That's right. And we are... You know, Premier. We are the premier of the premier. We are like top shelf. We haven't. We don't have enough money to pay for a superstar, unlike the LA Clippers, who just had enough money to get two superstars to Los Angeles. No, there. And breaking news for the NBA. You probably woke up and saw this uh, this weekend, but um, it was a very very eventful weekend with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George breaking news that they would be teaming up in LA together, not with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but with Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams and Doc Rivers. Yeah, that's right. I mean, a championship. I don't think Doc Rivers is going to be on the court. No, but he's one of the elite coaches in the NBA right now. There's probably only two better coaches, in my opinion, right now than... Uh, Doc Rivers, and that would be Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich. Prove me wrong. Every other coach is completely unproven, and you can't say that the coach for uh, the Miami Heat, Eric Spolstra, was really a coach because LeBron James and Dwayne Wade ran that team. He didn't do anything. He's garbage. So, yeah, that's that. So Kawhi decides and... Through the middle of last week, everybody was pretty much 100% sure that he was either going to the Lakers or back to back to uh, Toronto, presumably back to Toronto on a one-year deal so that he could go into free agency next year and get a five-year contract um, instead of a four-year, This, uh, which he got this year um, when he signed. But it had been... Uh, said within his camp that he wanted his entire free agency to be kept under wraps and he didn't want it to be very public. Well, the two teams who went public with it were the Lakers and the Raptors. Where did Kawhi go? The Clippers. The Lakers brought in all kinds of executives and made it super public with the uh, media. The Raptors brought Drake into their interview with Kawhi. Okay, bring a rapper into your interview. Cool. Well, I mean, if you're going to give him food, you probably need a rapper, so. I would argue that Drake's not even a real rapper. He's not a real rapper. He's just a guy who stands up on stage with a mic. I'd argue that he needs to stay away from the bench during games. You can't have somebody touching coaches during games. I know I talked about this earlier, but it can't happen. I'm still upset. But You're right. He's not even a real rapper. But regardless, Kawhi Leonard won free agency. He reached out to only two players in free agency, Kevin Durant and Paul George. Kevin Durant decided to sign with Brooklyn, even though Kevin Durant said it was really incredible that Kawhi reached out to him and wanted to team up together. But they had different locations in mind. Kawhi wanted to go back home. Paul George is also grew up in the LA area. Uh, they both went to California, or I think, oh shoot, where did Kawhi Leonard go to go to school San Diego for? State. San Diego State, yeah. So both California schools because Paul George went to Fresno State. So both um, uh, non-Power 5 schools. So 
They're teaming up now in L.A., and this team is going to be the best defensive team. But before that, Kawhi played LeBron James. LeBron James did not win free agency because he, for as good of a recruiter as LeBron James is, Kawhi Leonard just showed that he's a better recruiter than LeBron is because he was able to get Paul George to say, hey, I want out of OKC, get me to the Clippers, and it happened. So L.A. really wanted to land Kawhi Leonard, and they made they did whatever they had to in order to ensure that he got there, and that included getting Paul George, which took five first-round picks, yeah, two pick swaps, and two players. Now, granted, the two players that they gave up are absolute nobodies. They have been completely unproven. They're bench players for their entire time in Los Angeles. Who knows if they'll even be any good. I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander has a pretty good shot at being a decent role player at some time. He's not anywhere close to being a superstar in the NBA. Um, He was a good role player at Kentucky. He's a good ball handler, which might be good because OKC might find themselves without a point guard here shortly. We'll get into that. But for right now, I believe that OKC got an absolute haul from this deal. I think they won the deal. I I think they clearly won it. But for right now, the Clippers got what they needed. They got the player to get Kawhi Leonard there. And now they have a team built to win a championship in the next two to three years. Their their window of opportunity is right now. They're going gung-ho for it right now. And for those two two players that they gave up, they I would give up those two players in a heartbeat if it meant winning an NBA championship and landing Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Well, yeah, giving mind. up giving up those two players is not but the fun. but the five first the five round picks, picks will five. Leave. First round picks. it'll it'll leave them in in the dumps of the NBA once Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are gone and that yes. team needs to rebuild. They're gonna have a hard time rebuilding that team. Um, they might look like the Knicks for a few years, but hey, they will. They might have won a championship. That's not something the Knicks can boast right now. Yeah, so much, it's it's very much worth it if they win a, win a championship, and it's very much not worth it if they don't. Right, I would easily trade that if I knew I was going to win a championship. The thing is, there's no guarantees in sports. That's why people love sports. If sports was played on paper, nobody would like it. And on paper, right now, they're the Vegas has them at the best odds to win the NBA uh, championship next year. We'll see what happens. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard has isn't going to play the entire season. He's going to take his rest time, his scheduled rest time. I think it'll be a little less than it was in Toronto this year, but he will rest until the, until the end of the year. I think he won't play very heavily at the beginning of the year, mainly because of his usage during the postseason this year. Um, but look for the Clippers to be a one or a two seed in the Western conference next year. And in my opinion, LA with the roster that they have, they, they have, Kawhi, or not Kawhi, they have, psych, that's funny. They have LeBron James getting old. Anthony Davis, severely injury prone at 26 years old. Boogie Cousins will probably be suspended for at least three or four games throughout the year because of his attitude issues. Well, he's also a shell of his former self after that yep. Achilles injury. He's he's not he's Kevin nowhere Durant near the where. same. He's nowhere near the same. You've got Rajon Rondo, who's old. He hasn't been in his prime since he played with the Celtics and won a championship. Then you have a bunch of other role players. You have Quinn Cook, who is a role player for Golden State. He's a very so-so backup point guard. Um, you have Kyle Kuzma, who could potentially, who could potentially be an all-star on that team, but he's not an all-star in the Western Conference. Um, and yeah, you pretty much have just a bunch of other role players. It's it's the LeBron James show. He's going to have to carry that team, and we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe Taylor Horton Tucker will be able to have a very big role, an impactful role on that team if he um, proves himself uh, going into the regular season next year. But the team to beat in L.A. is the Clippers. There was a huge swing of power and the balance of power shifted in L.A. with this when this whole deal went down. 
don't know. I still think Golden State is the best team in California. I think Golden State's going to have the best season of any team in California. They're going to have the most success. They're proven. They still have Steph Curry. They still have Draymond Green. I but look, gonna... but look how hard the look how hard the Warriors look how tough of a time the Warriors had against the Clippers this year in the postseason, in the playoffs. They had a they had a very hard time ousting the Clippers in the playoffs, and they didn't have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I don't know. I'm a, somebody's got to prove to me they can they can have a better season than Golden State before I can. Uh... I can I, okay. surrender the I might, crown that I easily. might agree with you that Golden State will have a good po- will have a good regular season, but I don't I don't think they'll be able to make it through the playoffs. Well, they'll have they'll have uh, Clay back for the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll will, be it'll be it'll be vintage be, Golden State Warriors in the playoffs will again. He be, will he be a shell of his former self? No, it's an ACL, not an Achilles. Well, we'll see. I'm the not... A- players recover from ACLs. ACLs, he'll be fine. It would be the Achilles I'd be worried about with KD. Anyway. I'm, not, I'm, I'm skeptical about who the power will land with in the West, but it's between those two teams. Portland, Portland's not going to have... Portland's going to be a very good team, but they won't be able to make it in the playoffs. Denver's going to be another very good team, but they're not going to be the number one team in the West next season. Don't sleep on Utah either out west. Yeah. The west is loaded. Yeah. But but speaking of Russell Westbrook, uh, I don't know if anybody mentioned Russell Westbrook, but I mean if well, you want I to made, speak of him you can. I made a uh, comment that Shea Gilgis Alexander might be OKC's next point guard. Um, right, but you never mentioned Russell Westbrook. That's that's fair. Speaking of the OKC point guard situation. Okay, that's much better. Thank you. Um Jimmy Butler wanted to be the guy in Miami, but there's now rumor that Russell Westbrook is his prime location to play right now is South Beach. Um, we'll see how those two, if it if it actually does come out like that, we'll see how those two um, unique personalities will shape up on a on a uh, court together at the yeah. same time. Those are two alpha dog personalities, that's for sure. And Paul George has a very alpha dog personality, but he and Russell Westbrook seem to work at least. I think Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler will be an absolute trash fest on court. Uh, I I don't know how that would ever work out in any situation. So, But if we'll anybody's going to try, it would be Pat Riley. So. You're right. You're right, because he wants to bring back to Miami what he had nine years ago to this day when he landed LeBron James and Chris Bosh. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's true. That's true. There, there's your, I guess, your fun fact of the day. Nine years ago today, LeBron James made his announcement live on ESPN that he was taking his talents to South Beach. Today being July eighth, for those of you who aren't, you know, listening to it today, seeing as you know it's already almost ten o'clock at night, and none of you are going to listen to it tonight. That is true. So, but one other cyclone note uh, we shared with you a couple weeks ago that uh, Mario Shayak was drafted by the Seventy Sixes. The other day, he did officially sign a two-way deal with the Seventy Sixes. So. That means he can be going back and forth between the G League and um, the NBA team this year. And that's an NBA team that should be pretty good. So we'll see if he can get into a uh, a, uh, a spot as a role player if he'll spend most of the year in the G League. There's no shame in, as a second-round draft pick spending a year in the G League. So if that's what happens to him, that's not at all detrimental. I mean, that's what uh, Monte did. That's what... Uh, George Niang did. So he can yes. definitely be a productive yeah. You can definitely be a productive NBA player even if you spend your first year in the G League. So just something to keep an eye on. He did officially sign with and, the seventy sixes now. And for reference of very good success recently, Pascal Siakam yep. spent his first year in the NBA G League and now he is a NBA champion. Fred Van Vliet, same thing. Yep. So it can happen. Don't it's not not a bad thing to be in the G League. Uh, 
Wyatt, I heard you had something you wanted to to add in here that Kyle cut you off of when you were struggling through an intro, and then Kyle just sort of yeah, tried I to was just just minding my own business, doing the intro and messing it up like I do. Every Floundering episode. like a duck, like a baby duck in water. The baby Dude. duck knows how to swim. That was a bad yeah. analogy. Bad analogy. Like floundering like a flounder, like a fish. And you get to say flounder twice. Doesn't matter. What I was trying to get to in the intro was that our clickbaity title for episode 38 was Saddest Week in Sports or something like that. You know, if you want to get really technical, it was actually called Saddest Week in Sports. So I was right. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> so used to double checking myself. And I wanted to get into Just, why. Discount double check like you and Rogers. Sorry, I'm derailing us again. No, it's okay. We are, we're also not paid to do that. So if they want to sponsor us, we'll gladly do the discount double check slogan. <clears throat> like but, a uh, good neighbor, State Farm is there. No. Um, so why is it the saddest week in sports? Can somebody answer that for me? I can, I can answer that question. It is the saddest week in sports because... So these days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I guess normally Thursday, but not this year because there's one weird MLB game on Thursday between Houston and Texas, are the only three days of the entire calendar year without a professional sporting event, a major U.S. professional sporting event that matters. There's no baseball, there's no basketball, there's no hockey, nothing. Three days, nothing. Saddest days in sports. I mean, if you want to watch the baseball all-star festivities, you can do that. I mean, I'm multitasking and watching uh, Pete Alonso and the Home Run Derby while I am speaking. But I'm not a huge fan. I mean, in the end, it doesn't really matter. And Yeah, that's why it's saddest four days in sports. No sports that matter. We kind of need a break, though. Like, we hit that huge high with the, the, the women's soccer team winning the World Cup that we just need a quick three-day break from sports i think i don't know i think it would i don't think it's gonna hurt that bad because that was a feat the u.s women's soccer team is the winningest championship team in, in the, the, the the women's league i don't know what it's called the u.s the the w n m t it's like teenage mutant ninja turtles or something I, like that i don't know what you're trying to ask me or trying to get at right here i'm the getting US at women u.s women's national team U- yeah, USWNT is that the most winningest team. They have three championships. The most winningest? Yes, the most winningest. Like we said, folks, we paid for a premier sports podcast host, not a superstar. You didn't pay anything. We're all premier hosts. I'm not even a real host. I just sit here and talk sometimes. You guys are the hosts, and you are premier. And that's why you're going to talk about the Women's World Cup. Yeah. I'm going to talk about the Women's World Cup because we don't want to hear about Kyle anymore. Um, There were two games since uh, we last came to your beautiful ears. In the semifinals, the U.S. ended up beating England 2-1. It was uh, tied at uh, half, and the U.S. came on and scored early in the second half to take a 2-1 lead, and they held on to that lead, uh, including a saved penalty shot. England had a uh, had a PK late in the uh, second half, but it was saved by the U.S. keeper to keep that a 2-1 game. That was the biggest play, biggest save of the tournament probably for the U.S. That was really big, kept him, uh, kept him in the lead there. And then in the finals, it was a game that was uh, not really close, we'll say, between the U.S. and the Netherlands. Um, the U.S. beat the Dutch team Two to nothing. Um, it was scoreless at halftime, but uh, the U.S. was dominating in chances and the like. So um, it, there never was the feeling that the Netherlands were going to win. And then in the second half, the U.S. pulled away with a PK goal by uh, uh, what's her name, Megan Rapinoe, and then another goal late to uh, to take it away. So yes, the U.S. Good job, World Cup champions. Woohoo! We're good at women's soccer. But now we can go back to the way I like it, where nobody really cares about soccer for the next two years until it comes to World Cup qualifying for the men's team. So we're going to go back to not caring about soccer unless there's really, really interesting soccer things that happen, which generally isn't a thing because soccer isn't that interesting. Sorry, so you can you, you can at me if you're really a big soccer fan, but 
I mean, not only did the women's team absolutely come out on top, so did Nike. Did you see they've sold more U.S. women national soccer team jerseys than any other soccer team jersey ever? Ever. They that is pretty impressive. Actually, it doesn't. It's not. It's not all that surprising though, because America needs a team to get behind because they sure can't get behind the men's team. I mean, the women's team has been around since 1991, 1990, something like that. I mean, they've tripled their jersey sales from the 2015 uh, Women's World Cup. That they've more than tripled jersey sales this year in comparison to 2015. I think it's just there's a huge spike. I don't know. It's crazy. But they they also they also won. Nike also won. Apparently, that's fair. If you want to talk about other winners, uh, the owner of the Staples Center in Los Angeles, where the Lakers and the Clippers play basketball, he won as well. I mean, I think the city of Los Angeles owns it, don't they? No, who does, oh, it's, who does it's own a single. The it's Center? a single owner who like it's a it's a group, but it's a guy who owns it. Who owns the Staples Center? Anschutz Entertainment Group. Yeah. The but same, it's a sing- the but same it's a organization that owns oh. the Kings and the Galaxy. Yep. Oh, no. Hold on. That article's from 2002. Hold on. Let's find something that, more. That's Galaxy. a little out of date. Or 2012. Let's try that again. Let's see um, who can research and find up. Find this first. Oh, no. It is still, it is still owned by that same group. So, yes. Dan Beckerman is the CEO of the Ashton's Entertainment Group. Okay. Owns the Staples Center. So they go. Founded by Philip Ashtons. I assume that's how you pronounce it. I'm not good with German stuff, so. But uh, I assume he still owns the company. He has a net worth of 11.3 billion dollars, which is more money than I can even comprehend. More money than the three of us will ever see in our lifetime combined, times 20. Unless you know we make it big on this podcast. <laughs> totally. You never. You never know. You never know. That's fair enough. You never know. You got to stay optimistic. Got to stay uh-huh. optimistic. Uh-huh. Speaking of being optimistic, how optimistic are you about continuing our weekly turtle tab updates? I mean, like, we're we're gonna con- we're gonna continue them for better or worse. They're just um, gonna be short and sweet. I was gonna which say is music to my ears. Yeah, <laughs> they are they are probably gonna be short and sweet. Um, as you heard uh, last week, Astadio is out with an injured hamstring, which was sad. Um, it was announced. Here today, or not today, earlier this week, that Astadio will not be coming back anytime soon. He is out indefinitely um, with that injury, so not much will happen on the turtle tab. I'll keep you informed on his rehab process, but until then, our turtle tabs will be short and sweet, but they will continue. It's a signature segment, so it has to continue until the season ends. Have to keep you updated. You know what other segment will be short and sweet, however, though? Uh, talking about the Royals because they yes, suck. Yes, because I want to get it over but, with. But, but they're not in last place in the division anymore. I know, because Detroit is somehow Detroit even worse is than they are. so bad. Is Ron Gardner going to get fired? Probably. He was a horrible manager for the Twins, and now he's proven he's, that he's just a horrible manager I, in general. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call him a horrible manager for the Twins. Do you know how many division titles he won? Well, he's proving that he can't be a manager. Do, do, do you want me to list them all? Because there's about eight of them that he he won like six to eight division t- AL Central titles in there. So he's declining, but the Royals are also in rapid decline. Um, on Saturday of last week, the Royals had a lead in a game for the 61st time on the season, and for a major league leading 31st time, they blew it. So, yep, that leaves the Royals in a really good position when they can't ever finish out games, so that's good. But um, in other news, more exciting news, I guess, if you actually care about the All-Star game, Whit Merrifield will be playing in the All-Star game on Wednesday. Yeah, that's the Twins. Or I guess it's... On Tuesday, right? The Austin is on Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday. Sorry. Yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday. And there's nothing riding on the Ulster game anymore. For those of you, some of you might remember that uh, it used to determine home field advantage in the World Series. The Ulster game would decide that. That ended a couple years ago. 
there's really nothing important anymore. That's how so, in 2014 the Royals had home field advantage against the San Francisco Giants, mm-hmm. even though the Royals were a wild card team that year. Uh-huh. Actually, both teams were a wild card yes. team that year, That's but true. San Francisco had the better record. Mm-hmm. Yes, but so yeah, that's not riding on it anymore. So that makes the game, that makes these days of sports even sadder that the All-Star game doesn't even matter for anything like it used to. But the Twins are trying to make it so they will host the World Series even if, um, even if the AL loses the All-Star game because they are competing for one of the better records in baseball at the moment. Um, they had a 500 week here the last week. They lost two out of three to the Oakland A's in Oakland. Um, they had a really another long extra inning game on uh, Wednesday, on Wednesday night, a long extra inning game. That was the game they ended up winning. And then they took uh, two out of three from the Texas Rangers the week before uh, over the weekend on Sunday. They played another extra inning game. They played eleven innings in that game. I haven't looked this up, but the Twins have probably played the most extra innings this year. Not necessarily extra inning games, but the most extra innings between the eighteen inning game and the seventeen inning game and everything. So yeah, but to me the big theme from this week in Twins baseball was bad base running and bad situational hitting. So in the uh, in the Wednesday game against Oakland, Byron Buxton was up with runners on second and third. And um, they uh, put the squeeze play on. And Byron Buxton, who should be a good bunter with how fast he is, he should learn how to bunt, whiffs on the suicide squeeze bunt and uh, end up getting the out at home. And then Buxton ends up striking out to end the inning. Not good. And then Byron Buxton again with a screw-up on the Bates pads on Sunday. Um, this is a 1-1 one, one, one game, fourth inning, between the Twins and Rangers. Twins have runners on second and third, uh, two, uh, one out. And uh, Mac Kepler, it's a deep fly ball to center, Joey Gallo in center for Texas. And uh, it's caught, and uh, Scope tags, and Polanco, go, uh, Scope tags from third, and Buxton goes to tag um, from second to third. And Gallo, instead of throwing home where he wasn't going to get the play, throws a laser to third base. And Buxton's out. And he was tagged out before the run crossed home plate. So Buxton getting thrown out at third for the third out uh, ended up costing the team a run. And they ended up losing that game 4-1 to one in extra innings. So that run would have been enough to win the ball game. But Buxton's got to know that he's got... He's got enough speed to score from second in any situation there. He does not have to advance to third there to score on a hit. So that was just a bad base running play by Buxton, too, that caught us a game. That was the big theme for the Twins. Um, they do have a, still have a five-and-a-half game lead on the Indians in the AL Central. Everything's going well in Twins territory with the Twins' chances to make the playoffs. Everything's still on track. The twi- This team is still yet to lose three games in a row. I wonder if that's ever happened before whether a team has ever um, has ever not lost three games in a row this late into the season. They managed to avoid it by uh, winning the middle game in Oakland. So they're still playing well. This upcoming weekend after the All-Star game is a huge series. The Twins open up after the All-Star game in Cleveland. So that's a really big series. Um, win that series and you're still in great shape to uh, win this division. And hopefully you, the All-Star break came at a good time because the Twins are, aren't playing their best baseball and the Indians have won five straight. So hopefully the All-Star game can reverse some uh, momentums here. But we'll see this weekend how they do against the Indians. How, how are the Cubs doing, Wyatt? Not as bad as the Royals, but also not good. It's kind of a kind of a glass half full, glass half empty situation as we're you know in the All-Star break at the moment. Offense has been a struggle the entire year, but especially the past 10, 15 games again. Um, it, it's just not not going so hot. Joe Madden's pretty optimistic, surprisingly enough. I uh, said going into the second half that we haven't seen, haven't came close to even seeing the Cubs' best baseball yet, which, I mean, gives me a little bit of hope. But at the same time, it's like, really? Because there's been some really good stuff in the first half. So I'm, I'm a little spooked going into the uh, the second half of the season. Um, over this past week, we played the 
Pirates. We had a four-game series against the Pirates and then a two-game two series against the Chicago White Sox down on the south side. The Pirates series was pretty bad. Uh, lost three or four there and got absolutely blown out in game one uh, last week, which was, I think it was 18-5 to five was the final score with the Pirates up. Kept it tight in games two and three, and the Cubs finally came out on top. Uh, came out on top in game four, which was pretty nice. In game three or four of that series, we got to see Joe Madden get ejected, which is always a good time. Uh, Jordan Lyles, who I believe was the starter for the Pirates at the time, was thrown high and tight on all the Cubbies batters and ended up beaning. Oh, who did he bean? Uh, I think he hit Chris Bryant. Yeah, yeah, it would have been Chris Bryant. He ended up hitting up on the shoulder and was thrown really high and tight up on Javi Baez, set up the, the low and away pitch. And he got him on that once, uh, threw high high up again. Javi had to duck down and uh, twisted his knee or something funky there. And then did it again, bounced it off the bat. At that time, uh, Joe Madden ran out of the dugout, pissed. Joe West is behind the, uh, the home plate at the time, which is always a good time. Because who doesn't love Cowboy Joe? He tries to get in the way of, uh, of Madden. And does this cool little spin move to try to get around him, which is always entertaining. You have the entire Cubs team come out of the dug- dugout and pull Joe Madden back. I really think that was just to rile up the team. I don't think he was that pissed off about uh, about the, the pitches themselves. It was more or less kind of, hey, let, let's get going here. Because at the time, they would have been uh, below 500 still it, over the past month. Which is really sad. It kind of sucks. That's also a fun fact for both of you. The uh, third... The third month, how do I explain this without being too confusing? There's only been three months in which Joe Madden has had a less than 500 record with the Cubs while he's being manager. Interesting. It's not that fun of a fun fact, but it's still a, still a fun fact. So after the, to the success of the Cubs under Joe Madden. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um. We had a two-game series in against the, the the White Sox down on the south side. Wasn't that interesting? Uh, a lot one one last one. I was kind of sad. But you had Friday off. That was criminal by yeah. the MLB. Friday, July fifth, day after the Fourth of July, weekend before the All Star break, to give you a Friday off. That's criminal. Is what that is. That's criminal. Certainly. Today, I, on Monday, on the eighth, which was today. That we're recording on. There was a brawl in the stands, also between uh, Cubs and White Sox fans. Or was that yesterday? Wait, they didn't play they today. The they, didn't play, they played yesterday because it's Monday. Sorry, it would have been Sunday. There was a brawl that came out. Two brawls actually between uh, Chicago Cubs and White Sox fans. I don't know what it was about or why it happened, but I thought that was mildly interesting. Stay classy, but, Chicago. That's right. That's right, especially on the south side. Let's go guaranteed rate field. Yeah, that's what it's called now, not U.S. Cellular Field anymore. No, that was renamed like eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, maybe yeah. not quite that long ago, but... Cubs are glass half full, glass half empty. Take your pick. We'll see what happens in the second half of the season. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. But that, NL, but that NL Central is certainly the most interesting division in baseball here going down the stretch. I mean, you've got... Right now you got the Cubs with a half-game lead over the Brewers, a two-game lead over St. Louis, two-and-a-half over Pittsburgh, and four-and-a-half over Cincinnati. They're, that division, top to bottom, all, all four teams are closer to the Cubs than the second-place team is in any division, in any other division in baseball. The next smallest division lead is the Twins at five-and-a-half, and that NL Central has four teams within – all the teams within four and a half games. That's how exciting that division is going to be down the stretch. It's cutthroat. If if y'all are looking for something to watch that's outside of your team, if you're not uh, an NL Central fan, just just keep an eye on the NL Central. That's just going to be a ton of fun to watch the rest of the year. Just a ton of fun. But... Now it is the All-Star break, so watch the All-Star game if you want. Um, the Home Run Derby is is done. The Home Run Derby just finished up here as we were recording. Um, Vlad Guerrero stole the show. He uh, hit, I think it was 29 home runs in the first round, um, which was a really impressive first round. And then the second round, him 
and uh, what was it? Cody Bellinger went um, toe to toe. Um, and Guerrero ended up advancing 40. Oh, no, it was Jacques Peterson, sorry. But Guerrero ended up advancing 40 to 39 home runs just in that second round. An insane performance. But he ended up running out of steam there in the uh, championship round, and Pete Alonso of the Mets ended up beating him. But I think despite Alonso winning, Guerrero stole the show. Uh, he's going to be a heck of a player, only a rookie. He's going to be a heck of a player. Heck of a, I mean, Alonzo's only a rookie, too. So the future of home run hitters in baseball is very bright. That's what this home run derby um, illustrated, if nothing else. Um, other interesting baseball tidbits, because we did that a couple weeks ago, and at least I really enjoyed it. Um, the funny story of the week was on Sunday against Cleveland, the Reds uh, wore throwback jerseys, which, you know, teams do on occasion. But the strangest thing was that the Reds throwback jerseys were were sleeveless, sleeveless baseball jerseys. Um, it had been what Yasiel Puig had been preparing his uh, entire life for. He uh, enjoyed flexing all game. That was uh, that was pretty interesting to watch. And there was another interesting uh, story out of Los Angeles that you want to fill us in on, right, Wyatt? Oh, I'm gonna. Okay, all right, yeah, I can do that. So it was a game, Padres versus Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. And, well, we'll just cut to the chase. An earthquake happened because it's Southern California where earthquakes happen all the time. Not, I don't have any idea who was pitching, catching, or batting at the time. But you could see that the camera angle back behind the field, way behind the pitcher's mound that, you know, gets that nice baseball angle that you're used to seeing on TV, was shaking so bad that they couldn't use the camera. Like, they could not use that camera because it was shaking so bad. The foul poles were swaying back and forth. The stadium was screaming. The The right fielder for for the Dodgers said that he thought it might have been, like, an active shooter situation or something because people just started screaming. And turns out it was just an earthquake, which I guess is better than an active shooter situation by, by all accounts. But the batter had no idea what was going on. He kind of turned to the bat boy and was like, what's going on? And the, the guy was just like, earthquake. He's like, oh, okay. So he, he turns to the, the catcher and says, Terramundo, which is Spanish for earthquake. And earthquake happening. Pitcher still has no idea what's going on. I think the Padres are pitching. Or the, the Dodgers are. No, Padres are pitching. Because that doesn't matter. And he had no idea what happened. He didn't know that there was an earthquake until after, after the inning had ended. And the, this team was like, hey, you just pitched through an earthquake. Whoa. So. Really kind of interesting. You don't see earthquakes happen a lot during baseball. I know there was a game in late 80s, early 90s where an earth, a really bad earthquake happened. Yeah. During the, the old, old Candlestick Park. Yep. I think it was. Yep. Knocked out the television cameras and everything. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I can't think of another time where an, a, an earthquake that was able to be noticed, I suppose, happened on live TV. So, yeah. One the of those du- baseball oddities. The Dodgers TV announcer had the line of the day. Uh, at the end of that inning, he uh, gave the rundown. Uh, no runs, uh, no hits, uh, with one earthquake. <laughs> that's the inning summary. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that's good. In- interesting things in L.A. Interesting things in L.A. But I am upset about one thing in the world of baseball. That's why I'm uh, pissed off this week. And this is just a little trivial thing, but I think it speaks to the Twins not getting enough national respect. And it has to do with the All-Star festivities here in Cleveland. So they have, you know, banners up in Cleveland with all uh, the twin, with all the All-Stars from all the teams. And uh, the twin, Twins banner is there. And they've got Jose Bullos on there. You know, makes sense. He's the Twins pitcher that's representing him. And then uh, the other picture on the, the, the banner is Eddie Rosario. Can anyone tell me what the problem is with that? No, no one. The problem is that Eddie Rosario is not an all-star. Jorge Polanco is the Twins' other all-star. <laughs> they couldn't even figure out who to put. Rosario and Polanco don't even look alike. They couldn't even figure out who to correctly put on the banners outside the stadium. They put the wrong all-star on there. They don't care enough about the Twins, despite the Twins having one of the best records in baseball. Start caring about the Twins, dang it. Okay, that's it. So another funny thing... Um... When they put Whit Merrifield's name on the roster instead of the 
putting down the actual Major League Baseball affiliate that he plays for. They put the NFL affiliate in Kansas City. They put the Kansas City Chiefs, the team that actually wins games. Whoops. (laughs) Sounds like they're having a lot of roster and personnel snafus here for the All-Star game. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But um, we also had a strange true baseball injury this week, and it's actually not a player. This uh, came from Sunday's Twins and Rangers game. We actually had a delay, um, I think it was between the sixth and seventh innings, um, where they had to change home plate umpires because home plate umpire Jerry Davis had to go to the uh, umpire's room because he had heat stroke or heat exhaustion. He could not complete the game. So it was about a 15-minute delay in that game where they suited up a new home plate umpire, and then we played the rest of that game with only three umpires as opposed to the regular four umpires. So that is a strange with two baseball injuries. Apparently, you are, as an umpire, you can... Um, you can leave the game and you can get injured. Yeah, I mean, that's happened before, hasn't it? I mean, it has, but it's just, you know, a little strange. That's right. That's a little strange. I don't think it's that strange. So, Also, fun fact, Jerry Davis, the home plate umpire you were talking about, was the crew chief at the time. And the only other umpire that is senior to Jerry Davis is Cowboy Joe, Joe West. Nice. Fun fact of the day for you. So, nice. hope he's feeling better, Jerry Davis. Uh, Joe West is fine, I assume, probably. I mean, he's usually pretty fine. Yeah, pretty well, much. I mean, he's there. He's not good, but he's there. <laughs> he's there. Oh, Joe. Joe, Joe, Joe. Yeah. Is it is it time to fill y'all in on more rules? I don't have trivia for you this week. Oh. I'm sorry. I didn't prepare enough to come up with trivia. I was lazy over the, over the long weekend and did not come up with... Uh, Stupid rules trivia, but I did come up with an interesting stupid rule. Are you ready for this? This, I haven't actually seen in a game, but I was curious about it because of all the uh, comebackers you see to the mound, right? Uh, What happens on the mound? So it's a weird thing uh, with the pitching rubber, right? So the actual, you know, little white rubber, you know, that they have in. So if a ball is batted and it's not touched by a fielder, but just hits the rubber, not the ground, and then bounces into foul territory, it's actually a foul ball. What? So, like, no the, rubber, the no. rubber itself is not <laughs> actually in play. Okay, the odds of that actually happening, though... Right, like I said, I've never actually seen it, but according to Rule 2.0, a batted ball not touched by a fielder, which hits the pitcher's rubber and rebounds into foul territory between home and first or between home and third, is a foul ball. How about so, that? that? That'd still be the case if it bounced off of like the pitcher's mound, though, too, right? If it bounced off the no, pitcher's mound and no. went out in between in between home plate and first base? No, because then it, then it hit the ground. Then it's just a ground ball, and it's fair. It's but if a ground ball rolls across the foul line, it go, it's foul. Yes. Yes, so as long as it's not. Same, yeah, yeah. same scenario here. Yes. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So why does that have to be defined? <laughs> I don't know, but apparently they define the pitcher's rubber specifically. That's strange. That's actually that's actually kind of strange because if, if a ball goes out between home plate and first or home and third, it, right. it's a foul ball. Yep. Yes. That's mm-hmm. weird. So yep. so it'd be the same thing if it bounces off the pitcher rubber and goes goes foul behind first or third base. It's fair. Yes, I would assume so, based on the wording of the rule. That's, but they defined it specifically. So. There has to be some reason why that was defined. We need to get SB Nation on it, have them yeah. figure out why that's a weird rule. Yeah. So that's, that's actually kind of interesting. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. There what you guess? Who'd have thunk there it? You there you go. The more so, you know. The mm-hmm. more you know. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things that we know, or things that I guess I don't know yet, can somebody fill us in on our accountability session for our write that down prediction segment. Yeah. Who has has points and who doesn't have points. We had four predictions come off the board this week and then a fifth come off the board as we were recording. Um, First to come off the board from Kyle. He predicted that uh, Kawhi Leonard would stay in Toronto. As you heard earlier, he went to the Clippers. So for that, Kyle gets a nah. 
Um, Kyle also predicted that Kansas City would have one of the three worst records in baseball at the All-Star break. They do have the third worst record in baseball at the All-Star break. Baltimore, then Detroit, then Kansas City. Kansas City does have one of the three worst records at the All-Star break. So for that, Kyle gets a ding, 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 ding. Um, I predicted a few weeks back that the Twins would have four All-Stars. They only have three. So for that, I get a nah. Josh predicted that Eric Thames would hit two home runs this week. He did hit two home runs this week. He only had four hits the entire week, but two of them were home runs. So, I mean, technically that is correct for Josh. So for that, Josh gets a ding, 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 ding. ding. And the one that came off the board while we were recording was one for me. I predicted that Pete Alonzo would win the home run derby, which he did. Uh, I believe you gave me a home run for that. So I get the first home run of this season. So for that, I get a ding, 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 with the first home run. Ding, ding, dingers. Get it? I get it. I see what you did there. I get it. And I got a home run for the prediction. Yeah. Yeah. Double home run. Double home run. Home run. Down the mole wham. All right, Kyle. Do you have a write-that-down prediction to share with us? So, my favorite tennis Grand Slam is happening right now, and it's Wimbledon at the All England Club. And my prediction is that my beloved Rafa Nadal will win Wimbledon. So, a little bit of a background for you you two, since you guys aren't the biggest tennis watchers. So, he has uh, 7-2 odds to win. The entire tournament. He is the three seed in the draw, and his path to the final is he would have to go through the top American right now and Sam Query in the quarters, um, and then either Roger Federer or Key Nishikori in the semis, and then presumably Novak Djokovic, the world number one in the finals. Okay. What so are- basically, seven to two odds means he has between a 25 and 33% chance to win, according to Vegas. Yep. Mathematically. So I think that's double worthy. Yeah, yeah. I was going to just see how what the the lines were for the other guys, and based off of Vegas's. Oh, Vegas I can. I'm gonna I can tell you. One. I have it up. Uh, Djokovic has eight to eleven odds. Roger Oops. Federer also has seven to two odds, and Roberto Batista Batista Agut has fifty to one odds. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I think it, I think a double seems yep. reasonable for that. I would agree with that. I go with the double. All right. All right, Kyle gets a double. Mike, write that yeah. down. Yeah, my prediction is a little strange. Mine is that the Twins will play above 500 against New York-based baseball teams in the month of July. So the Mets and the Yankees. Yes, the Twins have two games against the Mets and three games against the Yankees here this month, all at home. Two, two for each, you said? Two Sorry. for the Mets and three for the Yankees, all at uh-huh. home. All five games at home. So basically, you're going to win three of five games. Three, three or more games, yep. Double. Yeah. How, how are the Mets doing? Uh, the Mets Horribly. are in disarray. Their general, manager, okay, threw a chair. The, their general manager threw a chair at some of their coaches today. <laughs> or earlier this week. So. <laughs> yeah. In, in a meeting after the game, game, he Bobby Knighted a chair at him. So. <laughs> Oh, good stuff. Yeah, double. Double All for right. double for Mike. All right. I have that the Cubs will average a uh, better than a 550 for the month of July. There's 23 games that they're playing in the month of July. Right now they're two of six so far this month. Okay, yeah. so that's saying they'll win like 13, 13. out of 23. Yeah, yep. 13 out of 23 or better. Which means they basically gotta go eleven and four or better the rest of the. Ooh, that's probably a home run. Eleven out of fifteen is seven, basically seven fifty winning percentage. So yeah, yeah. I'd give him a home run for that. Home run. Home run. I agree. Home run for Wyatt. Um, I have not. Run. Did you see the? Oh, I don't even I don't have any information whatsoever for you. But there was a, a baseball game that happened where There were a lot of baseball went, games that happened. It went so obviously foul 
and it was called a home run, which, okay, whatever. They reviewed it, and New York upheld the upheld the call on the field and said that it was a home run. And it was so obviously behind the foul pole. It was ridiculous. So I'm kind of hoping that happens with this prediction, and I still get a, a home run, even though I probably no, shouldn't. So, so in Cleveland, where they had the home run derby, uh, the Royals were playing the Cleveland Indians, and Jorge Soler hit a foul ball out of the stadium. It was about two or three feet inside the foul pole, but he hit it out of the entire stadium. Uh, When practicing for the Home Run Derby uh, this week, Christian Yelich got the uh, cops called on him. Oh, yeah. He was taking BP BP in Pittsburgh, and uh, the ballpark in Pittsburgh is right on the Allegheny River. He hit a home run ball out of the stadium through the window of somebody's boat in the Allegheny River, and they called the cops. So maybe that's what'll happen. You get the cops called on you for uh, hitting a home run out of the stadium through a boat window. That's awesome. Also, it was the the, the Oakland. It was the A's at Seattle. Was the okay. game? Okay. Fun fact. Nice. Um, I didn't mean to derail us. Is Josh? Have we heard from Josh? Does he have? I've not heard from Josh. Down? No. No prediction for Josh. So we have all three of our predictions in, and we already made it through our accountability session, which means that we've also completed our write that down prediction segment. Which also implies that we are at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode 38 of the 8311 cast. We really appreciate you turning, tuning in and letting us bring you all things sports to your beautiful ears. From us, your premier podcast hosts, the ones that are signing off as Kyle Mers, <laughs> Mike Ludwig, <laughs> and Wyatt Tudor, as we said, very premier, very, very premier. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the Cast. Make sure you tune in next week to catch episode 39 again, where we bring you premier things, sports to your premier beautiful ears. Premier, premier, premier. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones.